Do you struggle with emotional eating? Who doesn't? I mean, am I right? I'll tell you what though, I used to emotionally eat every single day and now it's a pretty rare occurrence for me. Emotional eating is like self-soothing, like taking a drug to relieve pain. It works temporarily, but it doesn't address the root cause. On top of that, it can be like a drug that has side effects that make us feel worse, and it can hold us back from our goals. We won't need to self-soothe so much though if we practice the proactive self-care of identifying the real unmet needs where we're actually just accepting food as a cheap substitute. My mindset class this month is focused on reducing our emotional eating by meeting the real unmet needs behind it. In this class, you're going to learn how to differentiate physiological cravings from emotional eating and eliminate those cravings through a state of ketosis. You will learn what to eat when you feel the need to emotionally eat because yes, you're still allowed to eat. You will learn my four bounce back steps after emotional eating. You'll learn new tools that you can add to your self-soothing toolkit so that you can turn to more than just food. You'll identify your patterns of emotional negativity and triggers so that you can set proactive boundaries. And you'll discover what the real unmet needs are in your life where you're just using food as a cheap substitute so that you can act as your own wise, loving parent to meet the real need instead of just handing yourself a lollipop every day. So let me tell you guys, this class is only on sale through the end of April. So you need to run over to bit.ly slash self-care keto class, or click the link in the show notes to go ahead and sign up. And my mindset classes are normally priced somewhere between 20 to $40 each month when we do a different topic each month. But this month, I really wanted to price it at something that absolutely everybody could get their hands on because this is such life-changing information. This month only, this class is priced at just $9. So again, head over to bit.ly slash self-care keto class and sign up for my emotional eating mindset class today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast and this Instagram Live, if you are tuning in this way today. Thank you so much for watching, and I hope that everybody had a great weekend. Um, My family was in town. Some of my extended family was in town, unfortunately, for a funeral, but... Um, you know, everybody, as everybody always says, despite the circumstances, it's really nice to just to get to spend time with people that you haven't seen in a really long time. And here in Virginia Beach, it was like 90 degrees yesterday, getting super hot. Um, Let me know what it is like where you are if you're joining in live right now. But yeah, so 85 degrees, 90 degrees, and our air conditioning breaks. So it is super hot. It was like 84 degrees as I was sleeping last night. So yeah, we have somebody coming out tomorrow, but apparently um, everybody's dealing with the same thing because we couldn't even get out like an emergency visit until tomorrow afternoon and we called last night. So you may hear open window uh, noises in the background as you're tuning in today, or you might hear my fan and I do apologize for the sound quality uh, if you happen to notice it, but that is the reason why. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. And um, if you're listening on the podcast. I just want to give a special shout out to my podcast listeners because I'm so excited that you guys are the ones that are really helping me to grow. Um, I started my podcast in March of 2020. Um, I remember basically I had like, I don't know, seven to 10 listeners on average. Now I'm up to like a hundred listeners. So you guys are just 
so fantastic. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Um, thank you for leaving me a review. If you would take the time to do that, that really, really helps this podcast to continue to grow. So thank you so much. So today we're going to be talking about what even is coaching. So I am a weight loss coach. I call myself a self-care keto coach, and I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. Um, and a lot of times I know that what coaching even is can feel like really murky. Like what is a life coach? Like what do coaches do? And just, you know, a disclaimer here, a couple of disclaimers is this is my understanding as a trained certified life coach that I'm going to be sharing with you. Other people might define it differently because the coaching industry is unregulated. Um, it's kind of like the wild, wild west, which, could actually, which can be really good in some ways and can also be not so great in other ways. But I'm going to be speaking from my personal and my professional experience as a certified life coach. Um, and also, I'm going to be clarifying not just what a life coach is, but what a life coach is not, um, and kind of talking about the differences between some of these helping professions because there's a lot of helping professions and I'm not trying to, this is the other disclaimer, I'm not trying to posit here that a life coach or a coach is better than any of these other helping professions. Every single one of them has its place and whatever way that a coach is actually showing up to help other people, maybe according to me, that's not like the pure, true version of what I think a coach is, but they're still helping so many people. So I just want to share a little bit of um, perspective, um, again, from my personal and professional experience about what a life coach is or what a weight loss coach is and, and what they are not and some of the differences here. So we're going to talk about um, teachers, mentors, um, consultants, pastors, and therapists. So all of these people are wonderful helpers, um, helping professions. And so I think that sometimes people that are calling themselves coaches are actually functioning more like one of these other roles. And so I'm going to share with you guys what those are and also what, what a coach does and how a coach is different from these things and really why coaching is so special um, to me and why I do it. So let's talk about listening. So the first thing that I want to say is if this person is not listening to you, they are not your coach. Okay. So personally, I have even signed up for some life coaching programs, um, or I listen to coaches on podcasts. I've read books, um, by people who might be coaches, maybe there are other types of helping professionals. Um, but in all of those scenarios, I've even signed up for a life coaching program where there was zero interaction between me and the coach. Like this person, I had no contact with them whatsoever. I was just watching the videos, watching the training, whatever. Um, and there was no chatting. There was no listening to the audience or anything like that. And I still got a lot out of that, but I would not actually define that as coaching because to me, a coach listens to you, like actually to you, um, maybe you're in a group coaching setting and if you decide not to raise your hand or to speak up or whatever, but it's available to you, you actually have the availability to have that one-on-one -on -one attention and actually share what's going on in your particular situation and your particular life. That to me is a necessity to actually define it as coaching. So if this person is not listening to you at all, you have no voice or ability for this person to hear anything about you or your particular life situation, they're not your coach. What they are is your teacher. 
And that is so valuable, right? I'm not trying to diminish that. Teachers are so valuable. So what teachers are doing is they're kind of actually giving neutral information. Not that they don't have a slant or a bias to what they're saying, but it's neutral in the sense that it actually has nothing to do with your personal life whatsoever. It's not tailored to you. It's just neutral information. It's data, it's facts, it's theories, things like this. So think like college professor um, or even, um, you know, podcasters like so you're you're listening to a podcast that person is your teacher authors you're reading their book that person is your teacher so they're still sharing valuable information with you um and again it they might have their own personal point of view that they're sharing um they might be sharing from their personal life they might be sharing from their professional experience from their academic experience whatever but in the sense that it's neutral i just mean it's not tailored specifically to you so if they're not listening to you at all they're not your coach they are your teacher um so then there are actually lots of different types of people that will listen to you one-on-one they will listen to your problems your issues your goals whatever and these people might be a mentor a consultant um, or a pastor or a therapist so I'm gonna kind of define what how I see these so a mentor is someone who will listen to you but then they will give you advice and the advice is based on their personal experience. So they're gonna be like, okay, um, maybe a mentor at work. So let's just say you are a realtor and you join a realty company and they assign you a mentor. So that mentor is gonna be like, yes, when I first started out, this is what I found that worked for me, so you should try these things. These things helped me grow, you should try these things as well. So they might be blending a little bit of professional experience in there, but mainly they're speaking from their personal experience. Maybe you have like a grandfather or an aunt or an uncle that you see as like this wise person um, and you look up to them and you share, this is what I'm going on with my life, and they give you advice and that advice is based on only their personal experience or mainly their personal experience. They're listening to you, but they're giving you their advice. They know the best thing for you, or they think they have something that an an answer that will benefit you. If you just listen to them and do what they did, then it will help you. So that's what a mentor does. Um, A consultant is very similar, but instead of coming from their personal experience, giving you advice from their personal experience, um, it is mainly from their professional experience. So a subject matter expert, um, a, um, a lawyer, um, a doctor, a dietitian. So all of these people have very valuable help to give to you based on their professional and their academic experience. So they're gonna listen to your problem and they're gonna say, okay, great. You could be an individual, you could be a company. Your company that you work for, they might hire a consultant and the company wants to grow by 30% in the next year or they want to um, reach Gen Z or you know whatever it is that they're trying to do. Um, maybe they're gonna hire a diversity and inclusion um, consultant. Maybe they're going to hire a social, ma- a social media consultant or whatever. So these people are coming um, to listen and to diagnose and to create a plan to solve the problem of either the individual or the company or whatever based on their professional experience. And again, this is super valuable. They're listening, but they're also giving advice. So um, then there is uh, a pastor. And so I'm not gonna exclusively, like I'm gonna use this term as an umbrella, not just for like, you know, church pastors or whatever, but for anybody that is actually exhorting you with some kind of an outside standard, some kind of an authority. So maybe like a pastor in a Christian church is going to use the Bible as the external authority um, and they're going to listen to you 
and they're going to say, well, the Bible says you should do this, right? So it's not just limited to that. I'm going to use this as an umbrella term. Um, but anytime that the person is exhorting you with some kind of like an outside ethical standard, um, it's wrong to do this or it's right to do this according to some belief system, that person is functioning like a pastor. So I actually see this in the nutrition space a lot. And even sometimes I might do it, right? So I don't, I try not to tell people that it's wrong to do certain things or whatever, but you know, some people are out there like, you know, if they're um, a vegan coach or they're um, a vegan educator or whatever, they might be like, it is wrong to eat meat, right? Then I actually see a lot of keto people out there and they'll be like, it's wrong to eat carbs. They might not say wrong morally, but they're like implying it. There's definitely like a values and um, kind of like a, it's almost like um, a superiority type of complex. Like I know the one true right way that is like optimal for everybody to eat and this is right and everything else is wrong. So they might not actually be saying like it's morally wrong, but they are implying that it is wrong to eat in this other way. what I probably tend to see myself doing more is like focusing on what's right. So I might end up, you know, you're watching my reels or something like that. And you're, what you're getting out of it is that it's right to practice self-care, right? So it's taking some type of a position, like a value position, right? And so, yeah, I mean, coaches are not completely free from that. Everybody has their own specific value positions. Um, And so when you're watching me here on Instagram, um, you're watching me as your teacher right now, not as your coach. You might be watching me as your pastor, wearing that hat a little bit, or not as your coach. Um, So an educator or whatever. But when we actually get into a coaching container and we're in that one-on-one relationship, it's completely different because I'm going to get into exactly what a coach does. Um, But so basically these three. So the, the first, they're not listening to you at all. They're your teacher. So there's no, like, you're not actually able to share anything specific about your life. You're, you can still get a ton of great help from this person, but if they're not listening to you, they're not your coach, they're your teacher. Then these other three that I've listed, mentor, consultant, or pastor, these people are listening to you, but then they are giving you advice based on either their personal experience, their professional experience, or some kind of exhortation from an outside ethical standard. And then there's actually therapists, right? So, or um, mental health clinicians, Um, licensed social workers, things like this, right? So this is probably the closest thing from what I would consider um, to be the closest to coaching, right? So they're not giving you advice, which is what's really, really important about coaching is they're not actually giving you advice at all. They are listening to you and they are helping you draw out of you what is the best thing to do, right? But um, therapy and coaching has a lot of overlaps and it's honestly, it's very, very hard to separate the two um, when it comes to a lot of things. So there, there's some generalizations um, such as, you know, they some people might say therapy is more focused on the past and coaching is more focused on the future. So a therapist is gonna help you unpack your past and all of the stuff that you've been through that has kind of gotten you up to this point where you are today, what kind of things need to be healed in you um, so that you can move forward, right? Um, But, you know, I know a lot of coaches that do that as well. I do that. I help my clients to explore their past in terms of like, where is this belief coming from that's actually an obstacle in your past to getting you in the future to where you want to go. So it's not really cut and dry. Um, So some other people would say that therapists help people who are basically suffering or they're not functioning. They're not able to function 
um, at just like a baseline, right? So moving you from non-functioning to functioning, and then coaches kind of focus on um, moving you from your functioning, um, but you're not thriving. So moving you from functioning to thriving. Um, again, you know, this is not really cut and dry. It kind of really depends. Um, a lot of therapists are helping people that already are functioning and they just want to improve their life, right? Um, so not everybody that goes to marriage counseling is, um, you know, in danger of their relationship falling apart. They're not like on the verge of divorce or anything. They just want to get some tools and some resources and become better communicators and things like that. So again, that's not always cut and dry either. Um, but one thing that I will say, at least for therapists that are, um, that take insurance because it's a, it's a regulated industry, right? So in order for you to be able to use like your health insurance, um, that they of course have to meet like a certain code of standards and everything like be ethical, be above board, but there actually has to be some type of a diagnosis in place in order for you to use your health insurance. So I see a therapist. I think it's great. Therapy is awesome. I have a diagnosis not going to share what that is here today, but in order for my health insurance to pay for that, I actually have to be diagnosed with something that is saying like, oh, this is like an impediment to her like functioning in her daily life or whatever. No shame, no stigma to it whatsoever. I actually think it's kind of unfortunate. And I know a lot of therapists that agree with this. It's kind of just like what you have to deal with in order for people to use their health benefits. But so a, a therapist is diagnosing you in some way, shape or form, they kind of have to in order for you to be able to get the help that you need. So there's, you know, a diagnostic statistical manual, the DSM that therapists have to use, and they have to be well versed in this. And they have to be able to create a diagnosis for you so that your health insurance can then go ahead and pay for it. So in that sense, even for therapists who are helping people move from functioning to thriving, like I wouldn't say that I'm non-functional in my life. Like I would say that I'm, I'm functioning, but I'm trying to move towards thriving, but still there's some type of a diagnosis in place. And, there, and it is kind of focused on unpacking my past and all of those things. And again, I think that all of those are so valuable. Um, so again, therapists and coaches are very similar. The main way that I would actually differentiate them would be um, based on the fact that one's regulated and one's not regulated. So, um, and again, I don't think that this makes one better or worse than the other. Like for example, if you're trying to go see a therapist, there could be like a super long wait list um, maybe they don't take your insurance, all things like that, you know, kind of obstacles for you getting the help that you need. And then you might end up turning to a coach because you can find a coach anywhere. A coach also a lot of times can be very niched down. So they have a lot of personal. So like I'm a weight loss coach, like, yes, I'm a life coach, but do I market myself as a life coach? No, because I don't want to personally just be like, yeah, I'll help you with absolutely anything under the sun. Like, do I think I could? Yes. But do I want to? No, I want to specifically niche down and focus on helping people with weight loss from a self-care mindset perspective. So that's another really great thing about coaches is that you can niche down to a very specific area of your life. So what really makes coaches special um, and I think that sometimes this even can differentiate itself from therapy with therapy. There's like a lot of different philosophies to therapy. So, um, you know, depending upon there's so much history to it in psychology, if you go study that in school or whatever, but there's different branches of psychology. So some people are more, um, you know, kind of under the assumption that, um, you're broken or that there's something wrong with you. Um, and we need to fix the thing that is wrong with you. Like you have a chemical imbalance or, um, your mom and dad really mess you up and you know, whatever it might be. And we need to, um, you know, basically like 
we have some kind of defect within us that needs to, you know, be healed or whatever for us to have any kind of hope in life. Like not all therapists are like that, by the way, but there are some branches of therapy that kind of make that assumption, kind of like Freudian psychology would be like a basis of that or whatever. So, and then there are branches of psychology or therapy that are more closely aligned to what coaching assumptions would make. So I would say maybe like humanistic psychology um, would be very similar to coaching. So as a coach, um, I make an assumption about every single one of my clients that all of my clients are fundamentally good, capable, resourceful, and whole. You are not broken. There might be things that are getting in your way that we need to remove in order for you to be able to go where you want to go. I look at them as obstacles. In When you have external obstacles, you also have internal obstacles. So um, the other assumption is that, you know, not differentiating from therapists here, but from like mentors, consultants, pastors. So I make the assumption that I can't possibly know what is best for you. You know what is best for you because again, you are fundamentally good, wise, resourceful, capable, whole. Like, I'm not the solution. I don't have the solution for you. You have the solution for you. And it's my job as your coach to draw that out of you, not to give you my advice. Um, So that's kind of what differentiates there. So that's another um, fundamental assumption of coaching and what makes it really special. So a coach listens not to diagnose, right? Not to diagnose, but but listens with empathy. So a coach is going to listen and be fully present with you and feel what you feel. When you're telling that story about like, you know, what so-and-so did to you or whatever, that coach is gonna sit with you and like feel that with you. Sometimes I get tears in my eyes when, when my clients are telling me a story and I don't view that as unprofessional. I view that as very professional because that's what I'm supposed to do as a coach is to get into your world, feel your thoughts and your feelings with you and then help you move through that. That's what it is. I'm I'm sitting with you in it. And so to feel what you feel and to get into your world and then to help you drive the car forward out of this situation, right? So I'm like the passenger and you're in the driver's seat, right? And I'm helping you to process through this, um, but I'm I'm actually not listening to diagnose, right? And so a lot of these people that give advice, um, they're listening to diagnose. Very quickly, you've all experienced it. You walk into the doctor's office, your doctor spends 15 minutes with you max. Like they're not interested in listening to your whole life story. They're interested in listening to assess and diagnose and give you a prescription to solve your problem, right? And so sometimes you might have this experience in therapy, um, I hope you don't. Sometimes you might have this experience with a coach and I really hope that you don't because that's why I would say that person is not actually um, acting like a coach, right? They're acting more like one of these other things. So a coach is not listening to diagnose. A coach is listening to hear not just what you're saying, but what you're not saying. And then a coach is highly skilled at asking powerful questions to help you hear what they're hearing without you saying it, right? So a coach is hearing not just what it is that you're saying is the problem or the circumstance, but a coach is actually so skilled at hearing your conditioning. So the things, the beliefs that are like behind the situation, right? The beliefs that are actually holding you back or might be holding you back. And to ask questions at just the right time in just the right way to help you explore. Like if you are like, if you get asked a question and it makes you go like, huh, 
you have to think, really think about that. You know that you're working with somebody who, you know, if they're not like acting as a professional coach, they would be such a gifted coach, right? Because they're, they're causing you to think more deeply about think blind spots. They're like kind of pointing out a blind spot for you, but in such a gentle, compassionate way, right? They're not coming right out with it, being blunt or whatever. They're saying it in such a way that you can actually hear it receive it. And then all of a sudden you're saying stuff out loud that you didn't know was really inside of you. The wisdom is just pouring right out of you. Like the solutions are just pouring right out of you. You know exactly what to do. A coach, um, actually the word coach comes from the word stagecoach, which like Cinderella's pumpkin. So it's a, a coach is a vehicle that helps you move from where you are to where you want to be. And the way that we do that is not by telling you how to get there, but by removing the obstacles removing the blinders um, that are that are causing you to not be able to see the wisdom that is ultimately inside of you. Um, noticing the people pleasing, the fears, all of these things, the, the things that are causing you to self-sabotage, right? Yes, the childhood conditioning, the beliefs that were put on you that you never asked for, right? And so no, we're not just interested in like, you know, unpacking childhood at length and making you relive traumatic memories. Absolutely not. We're looking for the, the nugget of conditioning there. Like, what are we taking away? Oh, um, where's that belief coming from? When's the first time that you um, felt that way? You know, like, where did you get, who does that voice sound like that's in your head? Okay, we're just gonna get there so that you can experience compassion for yourself and realize, oh, this is a deeply rooted belief and I actually have the option now of changing that. So that's what a coach does is they help remove the obstacles and clear the path so that you can get forward to where you really wanna go. We're not diagnosing, we are um, listening for your conditioning to help you release it so that you can move forward with integrity and confidence. So integrity, not doing the right thing, like the pastor role, no. Integrity meaning all parts of you are aligned. And confidence, the word confidence really means self-trust. So to get you to a point where you're no longer feeling that pain in your brain of that cognitive dissonance. Like this is what I really wanna do, but this is what I find myself doing because I'm afraid of what would happen. You know, I'm people pleasing. I'm trying to make sure all of my needs are met, getting the love that I need, having that sense of safety and security, all of those things that are like, of course, normal fundamental human needs, but then we're just doing it in this maladaptive way, right? So it's it's clearing all of that stuff out because ultimately you know what to do. Um, I would compare a coach to kind of like, like a functional practitioner or kind of like a chiropractor in the medical space. Like it's the fundamental belief, like in these things, like a functional practitioner or a chiropractor, the fundamental belief is that your body knows how to heal itself. We just need to remove the obstructions to your body healing itself. I look at that coaching in the, in the mindset way. You're, you know how to heal yourself. We just need to remove the obstructions to be able to do that. And I love walking that journey with my clients. So Again, a coach doesn't just change how you behave. Like, we're not just interested in you behaving the right way according to some outside ethical standard or, um, you know, you following our advice uh, from my, my personal experience. Like, I lost weight this way, so you should do it too, and it'll work for you. Like, no. Um, or from like even a consultant perspective, like of all the clients that I've worked with, this is what works. Like this is what you should do too. No. Do I wear my consultant hat sometimes? If you're like, yeah, I actually, I, I need information right now. I will give you options, of course. So like sometimes I'm wearing my consultant hat, but the majority of the time I'm functioning as your coach. And again, helping you to just tap into the inner wisdom that is already inside of you by removing the obstructions in your way. You know exactly what to do. It's not that you don't know what to do. It's that you lack the motivation to do it. 
um, you're stuck, right? Um, we're helping you get unstuck. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you have any questions about coaching or what it is or what I would like to, what it would be like to work with me, I would love to work with you. I actually have some um, openings right now for a one-on-one coaching. And the way that you can do that is if you're tuning in here on Instagram, you can send me a DM here when this is over. Um, you can head on over to my website, theketofit.com. You can hit the form for a free curiosity call. We can just do a free consult and give you a little bit more information about coaching, answer any questions. And I would love to just get to know you better. Um, if you're struggling with keto stuff, you're just overwhelmed. Like, of course, I would love to give you some free advice. Um, on that call, not only do I want to give you the information about what it would be like to work together, but I want to leave you with like actual tools in your hand that day that you can take and then go. Um, so want to leave you better than what I found you. So if you're interested in that, you can set up a free curiosity call on my website, DM me here on Instagram. You can also email me. I am the keto fit at gmail.com and we can go from there. So I hope that you found this information helpful. Um, again, I, this is just how I operate. And um, just a, a really, really quick rundown of my credentials is that I am a certified um, life coach with the International Coaching Federation, um, which is one of the largest um, coaching organizations in the world and is really, I'm really super proud of it. It's considered the gold standard for coaching. And um, a lot of other uh, coaching programs are kind of branching off of that. They're ICF you know, certified or credentialed. So I hold an ICF credential and um, our code of ethics is on par with that of mental health professionals like therapists and clinicians and things like that. So something that I'm super proud of and my nutrition training, I, I did my ketogenic nutrition training through the American Nutrition Association. So I can wear that consultant hat when I need to um, give you information or the science or the teaching or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit about how I went about the journey. There's a million different ways for people to become a coach and there's a million different ways that people present themselves as coaches, but I wanted to share with you guys today how I do it, why I do what I do, the assumptions that I operate under, and a little bit about the experience of what it would be like to work with me. So I hope that you guys have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will be back with you all next week. Take care.